Welcome to Today in the Word with Pastor Bob Larson of Calvary Chapel Caldwell. Pastor Bob will be with us in just a few minutes, but first we'd like to let you know that Calvary Chapel is located on the corner of 10th and Everett, across from the library in downtown Caldwell. We have two Sunday morning services at 9.30 and 11.30. If you prefer Saturday nights, we have a Saturday night service at 7 p.m. We also have a midweek service Wednesday night at 7 p.m. You can watch Today in the Word on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. on ABC Channel 6.1. Join us as we broadcast Calvary Chapel Caldwell's Sunday morning church services, where Pastor Bob teaches you how to apply the truths in your Bible to your everyday experiences so that you might enjoy a better life. All right, if you have your Bibles, we are in 1 Samuel chapter 14. The title of the message today is, Nothing Restrains the Lord. Then Jonathan said to the young man who bore his armor, Come, let us go over to the garrison of these uncircumcised. It may be that the Lord will work for us, for nothing restrains the Lord from saving by many or by few. Well, the background here in 1 Samuel 14 is that the Philistine army has gathered against Israel, and uh, they have 30,000 chariots and 6,000 horsemen and thousands of well-armed soldiers, and the whole army of Israel only has two swords, because they bought all of their, their metal products from the Philistines, kind of like us with China. And so, uh, you know, now they're going to war. They don't have time uh, to, they, they didn't have their developed metallurgy or whatever. And so when you look at this situation, it's very dire for the nation of Israel. And from the natural perspective, you might conclude that this is going to be the end of the nation of Israel. I mean, they got two swords against this well-equipped army, and uh, there is Uh, you know, no way that God's chosen people could survive this attack. In fact, you know, uh, many people in the nation of Israel had already concluded that they were going to be defeated, and many of them had fled to other nations. So that's kind of the situation. Now, I think that we have to realize that when we're only looking at it from the natural perspective, the logical conclusion is that it's the end of Israel. Now, That's important for us to understand because quite often as believers and as spiritual beings, we sometimes just look at the natural and we sometimes lose track of the idea that there is a supernatural and that things are going on. And in fact, you know, one of the most valuable lessons we can learn from history is that things are not always what they seem. Now, when we look at our text today, if we're only looking from the natural perspective, the expert analysis and the logical conclusion is it's the end of Israel, right? But... And this is the big deal. But God was doing a supernatural work in Israel through one man who was looking at the situation through the unlimited power of God rather than looking at the stats of the enemy or all of the professional analysis from the experts, right? And that man's name was Jonathan. And Jonathan was ready to take a venture of faith. And so in verse 1 it says, Now it happened one day that Jonathan, the son of Saul, said to the young man who bore his armor, Come, let us go over to the Philistine garrison that is on the other side. Now, Jonathan was very different than Saul, and we're studying Saul on Wednesday night. Jonathan trusted God to do supernatural things. And I would ask you this morning, do you believe that God can do supernatural things in your life? I mean, you need to believe it because I'm here. I was an atheist, crazy person. Now I'm a pastor. It's like, whoa, God can do miracles, right? Uh, But Jonathan trusted God, and he believed that God wanted to do things in his life. In verse 6, where Jonathan said to the young man who bore his armor, come let us go over to the garrison of these uncircumcised. Now in verse 6, when Jonathan calls them uncircumcised, what Jonathan is saying is they do not have a covenant relationship with God. And he's saying we have a covenant relationship with God. And so that's the first aspect of this venture of faith is that, hey, God is on our side. God wants to work. God wants to work in this situation. And then when Jonathan says there in verse 6, 
to the young man who bore his armor, come let us go over to the garrison of these uncircumcised, and I underline this, it may be that the Lord will work for us. Now, I love reading about people who want to take ventures in faith because of the relationship with God, that they want to do things for the kingdom. And notice Jonathan's venture in faith is not predicated on a specific promise of God. The prophet uh, Samuel didn't come to him and say, Jonathan, the Lord has anointed you to deliver the nation of Israel from their enemies. Don't be afraid, Jonathan. You're going to have victory. That didn't happen. Jonathan didn't get that kind of encouragement from Samuel. Jonathan didn't have any guarantees. He just said to his armor bearer, it's a maybe. <laughs> right? Now, think about this. He's going against this giant army he, and got one sword, right? And it's a maybe. What do you think? Hey, let's do it. And so I love that in verse 6 where it says, let us go over to the garrison of these uncircumcised. It may be that the Lord will work for us. See, Jonathan was willing to venture out in faith on a maybe. Have you ever done that? Jonathan is saying, hey, maybe God will work through us to free his people from the Philistines. They've been oppressed by the enemy, right? And there's only one way that Jonathan's going to find out is he going to have to step out in faith and go, go over there, right? And, and I love to be around godly people who love to rise to a challenge and who will venture out to see what God might be doing. Our world is really in a bad way. And our world desperately needs more godly people willing to take ventures of faith for the kingdom of God, to help people, to bring people into the kingdom of light. And our world needs more godly people who are going to get involved in things that God has gifted us to do. We need to be taking ventures of faith to serve God because quite often we can let fear hold us back. I can't serve the Lord. I, I don't know what I'm doing, right? And, and our world needs more believers who are taking ventures of faith to use the gifts that God's given them for his glory and to help and bless people, right? The Bible tells us in 1 Corinthians 12, 27, now you are the body of Christ and members individually. So he's talking about the church, right? We're the body of Christ. And God has appointed these in the church, first apostles, prophets, teachers, uh, after that, miracles, gifts of healing, helps, administration, uh, varieties of tongues. And then he goes and asks, are all prophets, are all apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers, are all workers of miracles? Do all have the gift of healing? And the answer is no. We don't all have the same gifts. We're all different, right? And so what he's saying is, God has gifted us all differently, and we should focus on what God wants us to do, right? And our nation needs a spiritual revival, right? When you look at the craziness that's going on, our, our nation needs a spiritual revival. And where do you think that's going to start? CNN? The church, right? I mean, the revival is going to start in the church where people can come and bring their friends to hear the gospel. They could be born again, empowered by the Holy Spirit, grow in the knowledge of God's word, and grow spiritually by using what God has gifted them, right? The church is a place where people use their giftings. We have, you know, a plethora of Sunday school teachers, and I hear them down there just teaching those kids, and, and man, they're doing a great job. They're using the gifts that God's given them. And the Bible tells us that that is the way to grow to the next level. You know, sometimes people say, you know, I need to go to a more deeper thing because I need the meat of the word. Uh, have you ever heard somebody say that? How many of you have never heard some Christian say, I need the meat of the word? Raise your hand if you've never heard that. All right, a couple of you, right? It, it's kind of for people who think, hey, I'm, uh, I, I need more. I'm, I'm better. But here's what the Bible says in Hebrews 5.14. It says, but strong meat, the meat belongs to who? Those who sit around and pontificate. Belongs to them who are of full age, even those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. In other words, Hebrews 5.14 says, hey, the meat of the word is doing it, right? It's by reason of use, right? You could take piano lessons all day long, but unless you play the piano and actually, you know, start playing, then what's the point, right? And so 
God has created us, gifted us. He has a plan. He has a purpose. And he's given each one of us different things to do. And 1 Corinthians 14, 12 says, Even so you, since you are zealous for spiritual gifts, let it be for the edification of the church that you seek to excel. So he's saying, look, God gives us gifts so we can edify one another, edify the body of Christ. And here's the thing. When the church is healthy and everybody's using their gifts, then it is an awesome place to be, right? And we are blessed. We have a great church, and we have a lot of people using their gifts and talents. I mean, some people have the gift of encouragement. Some people have the gift of teaching. You know, all different things. And and it's so wonderful to be in that environment. But Without a spiritual revival, our nation is on a downward spiral, right? Morally, ethically, economically, psychologically, spiritually, anybody who understands what's going on. And, you know, that's where the nation of Israel is in our text. Without God doing a supernatural work through someone in Israel, they're going to be wiped out. And without God, there was no hope against this Philistine army. And thank God that there was that man of faith, Jonathan, and who believed that all God needs is one person who will dedicate himself to serving God. And, and that's what Jonathan said in verse 6 when he says, let us go over to the garrison of these uncircumcised, and it may be that the Lord will work for us. And then I love this. He says, for nothing restrains the Lord from saving by many or by few. See, Jonathan had good reason to have his faith in God and to step out in faith. It was not blind faith. I, I don't believe in blind faith. To me, I, I there's no such thing as blind faith. I believe in faith that is predicated on foundational truth. And Jonathan's strong faith was based on foundational truth, right? Jonathan knew about God. He had a relationship with God. He knew about God delivering Israel from Egypt. He knew about God working through Moses, delivering Israel from the Egyptian army. And remember, when God delivered uh, Israel from Egypt, remember when they were at the Red Sea and the Egyptian army's coming with their chariots and their swords and their spears? And what kind of weapons did Israel have then? None. (laughs) That's what they had, right? And who defended them? God. See, Joshua knew about, he knew about that. Jonathan knew about Joshua's ventures in faith at Jericho. And, and so biblical faith is reasonable, right? There's a basis for biblical faith. And, and so it's important for us to understand we're not just going by nothing, right? For me, uh, as an atheist coming to church and, and hearing about walking by faith and living by faith, it's not faith in nothing. It's not blind faith. I mean, we have thousands of years of history of God's word proving to be true and God working in people's lives, transforming people's lives. And, you know, so it, it's, a, it's a reasonable faith. And now, Faith in God may lead you to do things that some people perceive to be as unreasonable. (laughs) And in fact, Jonathan and his armor bearer going up against this Philistine army may have seemed unreasonable to some people, but it was based on a reasonable faith. So Jonathan's reasons were, first of all, hey, God is stronger than the Philistine army. God is stronger than the 30,000 chariots or 6,000 horsemen. God is stronger than than all of those well-equipped soldiers. And just as God was stronger than the Egyptian army, right? And, and, you know, Jonathan had a proper assessment of the greatness of the power of God. And so Jonathan realized that God could defeat this Philistine army with one man as easily as he could with a whole army. Now, that might be hard for your brain to comprehend, but can your brain comprehend how much energy it took God to start the earth spinning at the rotation that it is? Just right. So we don't get too hot. We don't get, we don't, get too cold, right? If it spun a little faster, we'd fly off. If it was a little slower, we'd fly, we'd float away, right? I mean, you just think about God putting the solar system into place. How much effort did that take? How much is it going to take to defeat the Egyptian army? See, Jonathan is saying that it doesn't take, uh, you know, a whole army for God to defeat these Philistines uh, if God is doing the work. All God needs is one person 
who is willing to say, here am I, use me. And God can defeat the army, right? And, and I'm so thankful that Jonathan has this faith because it encourages me to say, yeah, I want to be like that, Lord. I, I want to trust in you. I don't want to trust in myself. I realize I have a lot of limitations. But Jonathan, he says there in verse 6, let us go over to the garrison of the, of the uncircumcised, and it may be that the Lord will work for us, for nothing restrains the Lord from saving by many or by few. I love that. He's saying, look, God, hey, if you want to work, all you need is two of us, right? And, and if God wants to work, nothing's going to restrain him. Thank you for joining us for Today in the Word. We'd like to share with you a couple of things that are going on here at Calvary Chapel. Calvary Chapel Caldwell is now hiring full-time and part-time positions for our exciting Calvary Kids Learning Center. If you enjoy working with children from newborn through kindergarten, please give us a call at 453-9653. Positions are Monday through Friday with our availability to fit your schedule. To learn more about these exciting opportunities, please call 453-9653. We look forward to meeting with you. Calvary Chapel Caldwell would like to invite you to our Saturday night service at 7 p.m. This is an alternative for those who cannot make it to our Sunday morning services. Like us on Facebook at Calvary Chapel Caldwell or check out our website at calvarycaldwell.com. You can watch Today in the Word on Sunday mornings at 10.30 a.m. on The CW, Channel 2.2. Join us as we broadcast Calvary Chapel Caldwell's Sunday morning church services where Pastor Bob teaches you how to apply the truth in your Bible to your everyday experiences so that you might enjoy a better life. If you would like a copy of Pastor Bob's message today in its entirety, you can call us at 208-453-9653 during the hours of 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. If you're not currently attending a church and are in the Caldwell area, we'd like to invite you to one of our services. We're located on the corner of 10th and Everett, right across from the library in downtown Caldwell. You can also visit us on the web at calvarycaldwell.com. If Today in the Word is ministered to you and you would like to support this radio outreach ministry, we encourage you to pray for us. You can also partner with us financially. Simply visit calvarycaldwell.com to make a donation. Thank you for joining us for Today in the Word. May the Lord bless you and may you have a great day. Today is the day you will.